This is Original Six. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Original Six podcast. Ryan Savine, Paul Ananitis, and Zach Mullen back with you as always. But uh, tonight we are joined by a very special guest. He's a fellow Ryerson University media grad and currently a senior broadcast associate at Rogers Sportnet, Sportsnet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse Fuchs, everybody. Jesse, thank you for joining us. Hey, happy to be here, guys. Thanks very much. It's nice. I'm normally the guy who asks the questions, so I'm uh, happy to answer some of yours. There you go. We'll make sure they're not uh, too challenging, well, too, too obscure. It's your show. You do what you want. Yeah. There you go. Good point. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it's, uh, you know, stuff's uh, pretty busy for you. You know, in terms of, you know, sports world, so much going on right now, Olympics, hockey, just kind of taking the midseason break with the, with the all-star game coming up, but has it been pretty normal in terms of schedule wise, even though, you know, pandemic kind of glooms over everything nowadays? It's been pretty much normal since I think July of 2020. Uh, we all shut down. I think I hosted our final show. It was a Sunday in March. Uh, we ran down all the sports that were getting canceled that day. And then we got an email the next morning saying, stay home. And everything was shut down. It was a very weird time for about three months. And then July, we got the email to say, Hey, you know, baseball's coming back. A bunch of other sports are, are thinking about it. And we returned. Yeah. July, 2020. And what are we now? February 2022. So for most people, you know, this has been a big change to their lives. But other than wearing masks in studios, it's been pretty much the same for me. I still drive to work five days a week, do shows. So uh, it's been more or less business as usual. It's actually probably been more busy because of, you know, when you had the the season sort of stopping and starting and then they rolled into each other and then they would, you know, there was no NBA offseason. There was a very little NHL offseason between 2020 and 2021 it just got crazy. So it's, it's been pretty much sports has been without a slow period now for almost two years. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the age old story goes sports is, you know, like that escapism, but Mm -hmm. you know, nowadays that's not necessarily the case. No, no. Especially if you've been paying attention to the world, whether it's uh, capacity restrictions or who's vaxxed and who's unvaxxed in the NFL. Um, you pick the story now news and sports is is bleeding over together yeah that's for sure absolutely uh so funny enough the the four of us here we're all uh ryerson grads it's true uh so when you were there there was no sport media it would have just been radio and television arts i believe Mm -hmm. yeah it didn't exist when i was there i graduated in uh 2008 which okay. feels like forever ago now. But yes, it did not <laughs> exist in the capacity with which you guys went through it. Uh, a friend of mine, actually, uh, Ryan Sykes, helps run the program now. Yeah. He, was, he graduated in my year. So that lets oh, you know very cool. how long I've been out of school for. So, but We uh, love Sykes. Yeah. Oh, you do? Sykes That's good. He's professor. a good guy. Beauty. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, thing, things didn't exactly exist in the same way as they do now. So I'm, I'm glad at this point you guys can go through an actual sports program. For sure. Yeah. That's great. Got to ask you, did Gould Street smell the same way back then that it does now? I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, I just remember Gould being, being nasty. Oh, my. I remember hot dogs. Yeah. Like, same hot dog guys yeah. 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 There was, there was a nice, like, it depends if you grew up in the city of Toronto, like if, if I'm from Scarborough. So 
uh, I think Toronto just has a smell to it and you just get used to it. So Gould Fair Street enough. wasn't anything unique to me. I'm like, oh, it's just Toronto. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So from Scarborough kind of leads into what we want to know. Are you a, yeah. a Leaf fan? Yes, I grew up a Leaf fan. It okay. was given to me by birthright. Uh, I still am. I mean, when you work in, I think I've been in the industry now for 15 years. When you've been doing it as long as I have, you, you sort of lose allegiances to certain things. And <laughs> you certainly want to see the Leafs succeed. I, I, that's definitely the case. Obviously, it would be great to watch in, in my lifetime to see them win a Stanley Cup. But uh, you sort of lose any kind of like rooting, like hardcore rooting interest. Because anybody who works in the industry will tell you that uh, the team you want to win is whoever wins fastest. Because <laughs> that means you get to go home at the end of the night. So if it avoids <laughs> if the playoffs and it avoids double overtime, then yeah, whoever wins is fine. With yeah, we're all about those uh, regulation wins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're sitting at home on your couch with a beer in your hand, then yeah, bring on you know second round of the playoffs, double overtime. But if there's me sitting there in a dark studio waiting for the actual overtime goal to go in, it changes your perspective on what it means that playoffs and overtimes is, but totally. uh, yes, I grew up a Leafs, grew up a Leafs fan, but uh, I'm, I'm a bit, I think a bit older than you guys, but there was a very dry period post 2000. <laughs> well, I mean, it's been a dry period for 50 years, but That's true. A, a very, very dark period. So I, I kind of gravitated, you know, when you're a, a young kid, you, you tend to graduate, gravitate toward who's winning. So in, in my day, it was, I, I got, I was pulled towards the apps. So my favorite player was Peter Forsberg and my favorite goalie was Patrick Waugh. So obviously as a Leaf fan, that's a conflicting take given the yeah. fact that he was a Montreal Canadian. I just, you know, I was a goalie growing up and I just loved the confidence. It was just fantastic. He, regardless of who he played for, for me, that was, he was the guy. So when he switched to Colorado, it became easier to cheer for him. And then watching some of those Avs Red Wings rivalries in the early 2000s mm -hmm. was a little bit better than Leafs hockey at that time. So uh, that's sort of where I gravitated to. For sure. I mean, even in that time too, you talk about like that dark period. I think you probably had it better than we did because outside of, you know, Sundin and Caberlet, I feel like our era of Leafs was like, yeah. like epitomized by like Ponikarovsky you know, like, like Antropov, Antropov, yeah. yeah, exactly. You guys, were you guys old enough for Sergei Berezin? Like, was that a? I don't think no that was a part way. of your childhood because that was sort of the beginning of the dark period where you know people started putting in their faith into players who were not going to come through for you. <laughs> yeah, there's still some of those players. Uh, less so, less so. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a let, let's be real. The, the the 2020 plus even the few years before that version. Least fans are spoiled now. You, you know, playoffs, playoff, you know, lack of success in the playoffs aside, uh, people are, are far more spoiled now mm -hmm. than they were in the early 2000s. We are regular season spoiled. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Playoff, <laughs> success, playoff that's... spoiled, not so much. I have no. never seen the Leafs in a second round, and I really hope I can like yeah, this year. Yeah. You have to go back a long, long way. Mm -hmm. ba battles with, you know, the flyers and, and years before that. And like my, one of my first playoff memories is, is 93. So I would have been Ooh. seven or eight at the time. And so for me, you know, watching playoff success at that time was pretty common. So I, I have that grain into my head and then, but I have to remind myself that it was 
goodness, like 25 years ago, 30 years ago. So <laughs> hopefully your, hopefully your 93 can be our 23. Sure. That'd be I great. See, I don't see any reason not to. Seems to be a common thread over the last few years. <laughs> In terms of the Leafs? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there should I, be success, you know, the age old story. Well, I mean, it's a phenomenal team, right? I know everybody has their sight set on getting through a particular round of the playoffs, but uh, it's a phenomenal team. Like, mm-hmm. if you, I know, I know it, it's hard to please Leafs fans these days, but I mean, for the last three or four years, you've had one of the best granted regular season teams in the <laughs> NHL. I mean, a phenomenal I, Austin Matthews, I think for my money, again, I'm only 35. I haven't been around for the entire Leafs history, but for my money, it's the best Leaf. I've ever seen in my lifetime by far being Austin Matthews. So even when I compare those teams to 93 and some of the teams that I remember, this team as currently constructed has more talent in my opinion. I agree with the Matthews statement. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think as, as far as uh, Austin Matthews fans go, Paul takes the cake. Yes. Undying love. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) I love the man. You've been cheering since day one. Oh, yes. And he's just been like, <laughs> ever since he came in, he was just like the goat, in my opinion. I mean, well, for me, it's basically comes down to Connor McDavid and him. If you're looking oh, yeah. across Con- the NHL. Yeah. And, and then they both do different things. And I, Connor's a bit of a, you know, I think Jeff Merrick usually calls him a nuclear weapon. And I think that's <laughs> a good way to put it. But actually, if you're looking at just an entire being a complete hockey player, I think Austin Matthews is the better hockey player. Yeah, I think, you know, not that he'll ever finish with 150 points, but no, that's not the point. I think, uh, you know, consensus is probably that McDavid is number one. And then mm-hmm. an interesting thought I, I've heard is that you could swing number two towards Matthews, Drysaddle, or McKinnon, depending on what you value more in a player. That's fair. Yeah, there's no, I have, wrong I have no problem with that. Dry, Drysaddle's not for me. It's just, uh, there's like a it's like a feeling of special like a dry saddle is a phenomenal hockey player like there's there's really nothing wrong with his game obviously the stats back it up but if you if you watch him play i don't know he's just good at everything but it's not there's nothing that particularly stands out about what makes him like ultra special like for me there's like three or four guys in the nhl who are like ultra special yeah like Connor mcdavid's one austin matthews is two Kale McCarr is like Mm -hmm. ultra special. Yeah. So like these are guys who are just um, freaks in nature. You know, something they were born this way to do this, uh, and they're just just a little bit above where someone like Drysaddle is. But it's not really taking anything away from him. For sure. For sure. Uh, So yeah, you know, kind of as we get into stuff here uh, today for everyone listening, thank you uh, once again for joining us. Make sure to follow, subscribe, all that jazz. Uh, Once again, Jesse Fuchs. With us, uh, Jesse, we're gonna get uh, some of your thoughts on the Leafs this season. A little sure. bit about uh, the NHL. You know, nothing crazy. Hopefully, the you know this is the season, as we like to say. But you know, mm. only time will tell. Yeah, yeah every sure. season kind of feels like the season at some point. Uh, you know, everybody plans the parade. That the, there's an easy joke to make at some point over the course of every Leaf season. But uh, yeah, uh, Leafs fans should be hopeful. There's no reason not to be. You That's can be a cynical, tough word I suppose, but yeah. <laughs> you have any thoughts on the, the Leaf season so far? Like their struggles and like, or their, their strengths or Very something that stands struggles, out for yeah. you? 
Uh, for, for me, I feel like a lot of Leafs fans, it's you're waiting for the playoffs, right? I mean, the team is exactly as good as I assumed they would be. And again, that's, we're sort of spoiled. It's a phenomenal hockey team. Mm. Uh, I spend a decent amount of time, you know, before Omicron set in covering the Leafs and I was there sort of, maybe you remember the first five games of the season, six games of the season, you know, Sheldon Keefe's job was in jeopardy and yeah. everything was falling and Mitch Marner couldn't score and Matthews came off the injured list, couldn't score. Um, it, it shocked me how quickly they moved past that. And, you know, now we're three months later or whatever it is, and they're amongst the top five teams in the NHL. And a part of it's like, it's, it, it's what I predicted. It's, it's what everyone thought they would be. So you're just kind of like, okay, let's, can we fast forward to April? <laughs> Because no, they're not going to lose a playoff spot. That's not going to happen. Good chance of winning the division. They'll finish with a decent seed. They'll get someone in the first round who they should be favored over. So you're you're thinking, you know, just wake me up in April and let's actually evaluate this team then. For sure. Uh, is there anyone that like has stood out to you besides like Matthews, who obviously is the standout guy every year? <laughs> Coming from you. Yeah. Wow, Ryan. Yeah. It's true. It's it true. is true. Well, Matthews well, is in have... the free space, right? It's, it's, yeah. you knew he was going to be okay. Do you have uh, any other players that have like stood out or like some players that you thought would stand out, but have struggled? I, I thought Nick Ritchie would be good. Um, you know, he started on the front line. It was sort of, maybe I hadn't seen enough of him play to, I thought it would be a sort of a, an easy plug and play for Hyman. Cause I was very against bringing back Hyman. Cause yeah, especially he's, he's, a, he's a great hockey player, but there's a, a ton of guys who do what he can do. In my opinion, it's For just, cheaper. I wasn't going to pay him 8 million over eight years or whatever it was. Um, if you wanted to come back for long-term on a really, on a much more friendly deal. Sure. So I thought there were guys you could find to bring in to do his job. And I thought Nick Ritchie would have been perfect because he's, you know, big, huge power forward. Okay. You go dig the puck out. And, uh, you know, Matthews and Martin will do the rest and you can get all the secondary assists that you want and all the tip in goals, but, um, he's really slow, like, <laughs> phenomenally slow. And like, yeah, I, I don't want to disparage the guy that much, but you know, we're, uh, watching some of the early season games and I'm sitting in the press box and it's sort of a common theme going, you know, when you're watching it from a bird's eye view, you're going, he's slow. Like he can't keep up. So I expected more from him. Um, and I mean, now he's been put on waivers and we'd be, I'd be half surprised if he finished the season with the Leafs. But uh, in terms of guys who overachieved, I think it's the guy who took his spot, which is Bunting. Um, good Scarborough boy. Have to always shout that out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's doing exactly the Hyman job. And you could argue that he's doing it better than Hyman did, which was sort of the point in the beginning of you can find a younger guy who costs one tenth the amount who can do all the dirty, gritty, wonderful stuff that Hyman did and continue to perform. So uh, for me, bunting was, was the nice, the nice surprise. I feel like you could find a lot of Zach Hyman's for, for like bunting price and, and they can do the job just as good for sure. Yeah. And that's what teams have to bank on, right? It's um, especially with the Leafs salary cap situation, right? You got so many guys making so much money. You have all that, cash concentrated in a small amount of places you have to find value elsewhere and hmm. you know there's a there's a ton of hockey players who can do the grunt work and have a little bit of 
finesse a little bit of skill to actually score too. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Tubas sure. always uh, shops around the the dollar store options there. Once you know the main chunk of the roster is pretty full. <laughs> well, the, the decision <laughs> then you have to make is you you turn the dollar store guy into. I mean, Hyman was essentially a dollar store guy. It was not a high draft pick. For it sure. wasn't, wasn't much expected, and, you, and he earned his way into making big money. So essentially, you just do that over and over. That hope would be you'd do it over and over again uh, to keep your core together of the high-paid guys, and you cycle through guys who make an impact, and they go get paid somewhere else, and, and you keep doing that. I mean, the Blackhawks did that phenomenally. The Penguins have done that phenomenally. For years, the I don't even know who half the guys in the Penguins are over the years. It was all, but it was always somebody <laughs> so new. True. Okay, we're gonna put somebody Kunitz. Okay, you outlived your purpose, or you were too expensive. Off you go. We'll bring in Jake Gensel, uh, Brian Ross, Hackle. Yeah, <laughs> somebody else. There's always somebody else to put on their wing, and yeah, and I think that's the the true sustainable way to being good over the years. For sure. If you had to give like the Leafs off season, a grade, like a letter school grade grade, what would, what would you give Dubas and, and management? Like for this past off season? Yeah. Just this past off season. It's a tough one. I, I guess it's a B cause I don't know how much money you had to spend. Right. It wasn't, um, it wasn't the summer, whatever it was three or four years ago where you had the cash to go out and get Tavares. Um, mm. You were very limited in what you can do. So you were, that's why I like the move of a Nick Ritchie, which was, he cost, I think like 3 million bucks or whatever it was. And, you know, those are the types of moves you had to make. Um, so as far as this past off season, it was difficult to evaluate him, but I, I like what he did in goal, even though Peter Morassic hasn't necessarily worked out uh, for injury sake, but he is a very good goaltender. So I think that will pay off somewhere in the, in somewhere, either this season traded out of here or, you know, he finally will get healthy and be useful down the stretch. I mean, he's played quite a bit over the last couple of weeks with Jack Campbell struggling. So um, I think he did okay. Um, but it's only going to get harder if the cap doesn't go up, which it doesn't look like it's going to by any meaningful number over the next three or four years because of the pandemic. That's when he's really going oh, to yeah. make his bacon. Mm-hmm. So in the last episode that the guys and I recorded, which was actually yesterday, we did something called the MSLE Player Awards, which is the okay. mid-season leaf evaluations, not to be confused with MLS. <laughs> Very confusing, though. <laughs> okay. So gotcha. we actually have a, a list of um, kind of awards that we just gave out to certain players for certain things. So right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just read through a few of them, and I kind of want to get your take on who you would assign to each of these. Sure. So the first one may be a little bit obvious, uh, MVP of the team. So what, what was the consensus? So we all said Matthews, Matthews, and then I was a split between. I'm a big Jack Campbell fan, so I said Matthews slash Campbell. Mm. See, now I would have agreed with you, Zach. I think the MVP of the team to this point in the season has been Jack Campbell. Um, maybe that's a knock on, like, I mean, it's not fair to Matthews because, again, the standards are so impossibly high that, yeah, of course, you just expect him to be good. He'd have to do something. He'd have to have 40 goals at this point for you to go, wow, he really exceeded my expectations. But Jack Campbell for a guy looking for a contract and had never been a consistent starting goaltender in this league to get off to the start that he did um, and really only started to slip in the last couple of weeks is phenomenal. And he was amazing, especially during those, you know, you had that rough start and then there was sort of a period of which was really kind of sloppy. 
And as the team was trying to find its way and, and he really pulled them out of that. And then the team, you know, obviously picked it up and have been one of the best defensive teams since then. But for my money, the first half of the year was Jack Campbell. Yeah. And I think Zach, you said it best yesterday is that the, you know, this team could survive without Matthews to an extent, but mm-hmm. not without Campbell. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Very true. That makes me very happy that you agreed with me. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more confidence on it. <laughs> But uh, so our next award was most improved. Uh, we had Engval, Nylander, Nylander. Engval, Nylander, Nylander. And what's what's the rationale for for the Nylander improvement award? Paul, do you want to take it? You were one of the Nylander answers. Yeah, I, I just said because um, when he held on on his contract, everyone was giving him so much hate, and he started he started off a little bad we started off mm-hmm. terrible he didn't get the points that we wanted him to get uh but from then on from like maybe february of that contract extension he's just been incredible he definitely was our best player in the playoffs last year and i don't think anyone would have thought that he would have played better than that but i feel like he's been one of the most consistent point producers of this team this year uh, which I don't think he has been in the last couple of years. So that's why uh, I said he was the most improved. That's fair. I like that. I mean, the funny thing was people would have thought he was overpaid at some point. Right. Yeah. And now yeah. for $7 million a season, he looks pretty, that looks pretty okay. Uh, I don't mind that pick. I think I would go with, well, just to be different this time, I'll, I'll go with Morgan Riley. Um, so this was a guy, um, I mean, most Leafs fans wanted to shoot him into the sun. <laughs> at the end of last season, like, you know, there was no chance you were resigning him, right? I mean, Morgan Riley, no way, you know, Sandine will take his spot. Lilligren, somebody will step up and take over the Morgan yeah. Riley spot. We don't need, we don't need to pay him. And then uh, it's actually a lot of it's been since his contract extension. I was just going to say, yeah, I was at Leafs practice the morning that he got it. And uh, a bunch of the reporters are sitting there watching practice and all of our phones start going off and it's, Morgan Riley contract extension. And I don't think anybody expected it at, at that point in the season or for that dollar figure, which is, I mean, he's, yeah. he's well-paid. Um, yeah. And he's, he's worth it too. Well, he, I think he's showing it after the fact, right? It's yeah. he's been on an absolute tear since then. And where you have his teammates going, you know, they're shocked and appalled that he's not an all-star. Um, and yeah. I mean, the Leafs can't have five all-stars. It's just not going to happen. But uh, I, I think for a guy that people were really done with and said, you know, I'm, I'm finished with this guy. And, and, and now he's clearly back to being, you know, a top pairing defenseman. So I, as far as most improved, maybe, maybe it's not improved. Maybe it's recovered. I don't know. Anyways, I just changed your award for you. But uh, it's <laughs> most recovered Morgan Riley there. Yeah, I think a lot of that logic too can be put on um, something we talked about yesterday was Mitch Marner coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been on a tear recently and uh, a lot of the flack he got after the playoffs last year and how he's rebounded this year. Obviously, we still have half a season, well, regular season to go and see how he kind of plays through that. But that was also like a, like Riley and Marner, I think, were the, in my opinion, the two guys that took a lot of the weight of uh, the first round exit last year. Kind of like bounce back candidates. That's fair. See that, that the Marner, I can't go there. Like for me, I just can't. Uh, he's a regular season player has been there. There is nothing that nothing about his play over his career in the regular season suggests he should ever not produce. So for him, 
this is he's just meeting expectations and for you to get paid the way you do you also have to meet expectations so um for him for him to reach the exact same level in my opinion that he's reached every other regular season doesn't necessarily put him in that conversation and we all know where we're going to evaluate him, right it's in a couple of months from now so i think i don't mind it as a bounce back pick but i think he's still his his time to prove himself is still to come in terms of whether or not he's actually a changed player or not. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I think we'll have to wait until after the playoffs to be able to hand out that award at the end. <laughs> uh, so moving on, uh, the next award was best newcomer. So Ryan and Paul both said camp uh, and my pick was Michael Bunting. Not bad. I, those are both fine picks and, and then they kind of had their own time in the sun at different points in the season and which is what you expect i mean they're not paid to be superstars from from start to finish you need those other guys to have time you know periods of time in in which they're both really good so i don't have a problem with either one i I think bunting just the fact that he has moved up onto the first line and sort of cemented himself there um and i don't don't know like toronto the toronto market loves you know everybody criticizes toronto for being sort of you know an elite glamour city, but I mean, they love blue collar guys. I mean, Darcy Tucker still probably doesn't have to buy a drink anywhere in the city. You know, the Wendell Clark, right. It's, it's, it's a bit of the MO of Toronto and bunting fits that fits that mold. And it's just to see the way that he's embraced by the fans, even though there's nobody there right now um, <laughs> is impressive. So I think he would get my, he would get the nod, but Camp and Kasha are both, I kind of consider them one person. I think they're best friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> neither speaks English particularly well. Um, but the, you know, them as a package is fantastic. And so it's bunting. So, yeah. You think you could throw uh, Simmons in that blue collar group as well? Absolutely. I mean, Simmons something is, he is the blue collar guy. Yeah. Another, yeah, another good Scarborough guy. I'll yeah, tell you a story. Go. So uh, Wayne Simmons and I went to the same high school, um, which was Bert, Birchmount Park Collegiate. So I was, he's a, a few years younger than I am. Um, I was in either grade 11 or grade 12. And I was the goalie on our high school hockey team. And Wayne Simmons didn't make the team in grade nine. Wow. And if you saw him back then and he was, you could see there was an athlete there, but it was, it was all arms and legs. So, I mean, he's still a fairly thin guy, but now no one would mess with him. He's solid as a rock. But back then I think he was playing for the, when he when he came into high school, he was playing for the Toronto aces, which would have been, single a A, it would at that time would have been single a i think in the gthl so he was just kind of starting to scratch the surface of his potential so i didn't know him very well but i remember seeing him back then and then i graduated high school a couple years go by and then i'm watching the world junior team get named and the name wayne simmons comes up and i was like what the hell seriously (laughs) yeah that scrawny kid from high school exactly right and he grew into himself real fast but um yeah, just his path to the NHL has been amazing. But yeah, he is one of the most respected sort of grind guys who can also score in the league. And I'm actually looking forward to seeing him in the playoffs this year again, getting another crack at it. Yeah, something we actually talked about yesterday, kind of outside of the, the awards, but point production for him, at least this season has been there. But it's... It, in a sense, kind of feels like the intangibles haven't quite been there, you know, at least on the ice, you know, maybe that's a sign that 
his presence is preventing him from having to do those things. But I don't know if that's something you see as well, just that, you know, it all being with the fact that, you know, less ice time as well, but just, yeah, I think the ice time is a big part of that. I mean, he was a healthy scratch for a game earlier this year. And I remember interviewing him after that game. And he said, that was the first time in my career I'd been a healthy scratch and it was a real, and it's not that he was playing poorly. It's, it's just, um, I, I think what guys struggle with as they get older is when you do see your production or your actual ice time get cut back, how do I still produce in less time? So you kind of feel like all the forces are fighting against you, um, especially on this team where, frankly, they don't need him to score. I mean, when his line yeah. is out there, just don't let the other team score. That's, that's enough. So I, I think... someone like him specifically is difficult to evaluate based on statistics alone. And I'm not a big like X factor guy, you know, grit heart, but I mean, if he comes closest to it. So I think he's, if he's some, someone you took out of the dressing room, it would have a worse effect than just letting him play 12, Mm -hmm. 10, 12 or whatever it is minutes a night and let him do what he does. Yeah. He's like, he's a player that I'm very excited to see in the play come playoff time. Because I think he's one of those guys that can be like a, a game changer and not in the sense that he needs to go score a hat trick in a game or put the team on his back, but do mm-hmm. those kind of like little things like throwing hard hits around or intimidating the other team, getting in their face kind of thing. And I think those can really change a, a game and even a series in the playoffs. So uh, he's definitely a player. I'm excited to see what he can do this offseason. Uh, I, I agree. Yeah, I think I don't think he was overly happy with himself last playoffs. And I don't think he got the chance to make the impact that he wanted to. So I agree with you. I'd like to see him in a couple of months. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, our next award was most underrated. So Ryan had camp again, Paul had Alex Kerfoot and I went a little bit crazy on this one. And I said, John Tavares. Dissing off a uh, non Leaf fans everywhere with that Tavares pick. Yeah. Tavar- Tavares as an underrated. Yes. Yeah, because most most fans in other markets would argue the opposite. They'd say he's he's overrated for what he makes. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind. Who are the other two picks there besides Tavares? Camp and Kerfoot. Yeah, Kerfoot's not a bad one. He, he would have been a decent shout for the bounce back. Because, I mean, the Leafs mm-hmm. were pretty okay with, you know, leaving him open to the Kraken and uh, seeing where that went. So, yeah, because um, when they signed, I think it was what, Jared McCann? Yep. I think because people were surprised when McCann was the one who was selected. So when they signed him, I think most people thought that Kerfoot was the guy going out the door. So he might be not a bad choice for, for bounce back too, but underrated. That's good. That's not bad. Uh, Paul, you think it's Matthews? <laughs> <laughs> Depends on the market you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's underrated. He should be the best. I think uh, Nylander might not be a bad choice here. I mean, he is he's underrated in his own market. I mean, yeah, that's hard to that's do for sure. <laughs> most, most, I mean, if someone plays in your city for your team, generally speaking, you overrate the player. Um, mm-hmm. I, but I'd say with Lee's fans, he's underrated. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll go with Nylander. I, I think he's fairly league wide. I mean, he doesn't really get any of the headlines anymore. Um, Cause the contract is in the past. He just now goes out and does his thing and um, is better than, almost every other second line player you'll see in the NHL. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. You guys are very agreeable. I like this. 
Oh, we try. We try. I think <laughs> behind closed doors, Paul might still say Matthews. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, you can make an argument. I'll say Matthews. Matthews he doesn't get paid I'll say, enough. I'll say with open doors, Matthews is the best at everything. Most underrated, not overrated. He's the best, <laughs> most improved, best newcomer in 2016. I don't care. He's winning everything. Well, I'll tell you a story about Matthews. So I, I quite like the guy as a person. So you, I mean, for someone like me who interviews players all the time, you get used to how certain players handle you. Mm-hmm. which is if you're interviewing a player, sometimes they won't look at you or they'll look straight ahead or you don't really feel like you have a connection with the guy you're actually asking the question to. And they go through, you know, the usual training and the sports cliches to get through the answer, but Matthews for, yeah, exactly. Right. Ken Reed would love that. Um, <laughs> but for, for, for a guy who gets, has to do as much media as he does and gets asked as many questions as he does, um, he, generally gives you a fairly articulate answer and will look at you and maybe this doesn't matter to the fans at home but he seems like a a fairly genuine person in terms of when you're interacting with him and then the other thing that stands out the size of his quads like this guy's legs are tree trunks so uh, i'll tell you this first time i went to go cover a leafs game under this current uh setup i used to do it years ago when during the ugly years with fanuf and james reimer and we don't need to get into that it's a very dark period but um, so Matthews came out and he's wearing like bicycle shorts and a t-shirt. So he comes out for the interview and I'm like, this is the first time I'd ever been in person together with Austin Matthews. And I just was staring at his quads. <laughs> like the guy has giant legs. You, you wonder how a guy is that powerful. And it's, yeah, his legs are tree trunks. And I had to stop myself because I'm like, dude, enough. Stop staring at his legs. He's probably looking at you gawking at him right now. So let's move on. <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, again. You wonder how a guy is that good. It's just like he's a specimen, right? He's mm. the rest of us are flabby. Well, maybe just me, but flabby <laughs> whatevers, and you know, you can see where all of the talent can come from. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm gonna cause some pain here, but I think it's safe to say that's why he's a leg up on the competition. Boom. We have, oh. Do we have the badum tiss? Uh... We need it. I've been saying no. we need a soundboard. Right. Ryan, no, break yeah. it. We'll get to, I'll it. get Tim McAuliffe to send you the soundboard. Yeah, there you go. The guys would hate <laughs> me. I'd be off this podcast so quickly. Yeah, it would be. It'd be a lot. He's, he makes about seven or eight dad jokes before we even start recording. So, <laughs> and then seven the or eight more during the recording. It's so that impressive. was only that was only number one then. So I'm expecting uh, what five more before we're done. Please no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Uh, I'll try not to shoot myself in the foot. Like the foot, close enough. Oh, that's what you're going. Even for. I didn't catch like, that one. Yeah. Moving on, Zach. Keep going before this gets me upset. Okay. Uh, <laughs> last award that we have uh, right. was biggest bargain. So Ryan and Paul both said Michael Bunting. My answer was Jason Spezza. There is only one answer. All other answers Austin are wrong Matthews. besides Jason Spezza. <laughs> Every other answer is wrong. Really? Like, you're what going what else do you need to see? He's the most prolific cheapest player in the league i think for three years running he is has the most is the whatever the number is the cheapest player per point in the entire nhl and has been for a couple years because he plays the league minimum and he finishes with 40 points or 45 points or whatever he does um he's not only he's the biggest bargain in the nhl he's not the biggest bargain in the leafs he's the biggest bargain in hockey so for me that one is just a slam dunk for Jason Spencer and good on him for taking, I mean, he's rich, 
Let's not, I mean, let's not, let's not mess around. The guy, he's taking a pay cut because he's got so much in the bank already, but good on yeah. him for, Hey, I, I want to continue my career. I want to play for as long as I can. So I'll play for the Leafs for, you know, not nothing because it's still a lot of money for a regular person, but in hockey terms, it's not that much. I think he just loves the game too. Like to the point where he'll, he'd play for free if he, if he could to play for the Leafs and his hometown team. So I think Jason Spezza overall is just like a fan favorite for sure. Well, he skates every day. Do you guys know that? Every nope. single day. Wow. So if you have a, you know, you I, being covering the Leafs, you always have my phone and I'll get texts from the media department saying the Leafs are doing X tomorrow or they're off or whatever it is. Tell you where to be for practice. Um, whether they're on or off, Jason Spezza skates. Um, whether game days, you won't see, you won't see the big boys. So if it's uh, the morning of a game, and a guy's going to play 20 minutes that night, like Riley, Matthews, Marner. You will not see them in morning skate. It never happens. But Spezza, every game. Every single game. First way out there. Animal. He just, you, you can tell he loves it. I mean, did you guys see the, the social media tweet from the Leafs the other day where they asked all the players their favorite TV shows? Yeah. yeah. And I think Matthew said Ozark and a bunch of other guys said, he said NHL Network. Yeah. Like, are you kidding Classic. me? Oh, yeah. I re- yeah, I remember. I forgot his answer, though. I just remember, like, Matthews and Camp, who said, like, How I Met Your Mother or something, because that's the only thing he knows. Yeah, and that's it's a great show. I love <laughs> that show. But for, for a guy to say NHL, I'm like, Jason, it's not a series. It's just it's just a channel. And <laughs> you, can, you, you, you can tell he's being legitimate and honest when he says that, that he probably goes home, watches hockey, uh, shows up the next morning, skates by himself, if that's what is necessary and does it day after day after day um so for a guy that's 37 or whatever i mean i probably have his age wrong but um i think he's 37 38 yeah give it yeah somewhere in there it's yeah you have to love it at his to be as dedicated as he is at his age to keep playing at the level he does for the little amount of money he does compared to other nhlers uh yeah he's special so going into more of the leafs as a whole now uh, how would you compare them to other teams in the league? Like more specifically, maybe our division, like Tampa and Florida, because those two are probably going to be our biggest competition throughout the season and maybe even playoffs. I think Tampa, I mean, you have to, to be the best. You got to beat the best. So I think Tampa deserves trying to compare the Leafs to them at this point. I mean, in terms of regular season, sure. Um, the Leafs have just as much talent top to bottom. Can Jack Campbell be Andre Vasilevsky? I'm not sure. Probably not, because he's, again, one of those special players. But if you're just going pound for pound rosters, yeah, you're fine. You're right there. But Tampa's figured out, after some brutal failures in the playoffs, how to be that juggernaut. So I don't think the Leafs are there. Um, that doesn't mean they can't prove us wrong when they get there. But right now, you got to give Tampa the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I don't believe Florida at all. Again, it's you have to show me. Uh, I got to see it once. I mean, they've made the playoffs last year. Great. Did it lead to anything? No. Um, <laughs> so, like, Jonathan Huberto is great. Barkov, those guys are all super underrated because nobody goes to the games and <laughs> uh, nobody watches. And um, and it's like, Sergei Bobrovsky, you're like, yeah, okay, there's, there, there's, a, there's a good path there. Um, it's a good team, but I think there's nothing that would separate at least on paper the Leafs from either of those teams, but it's just tough to evaluate when you get down to 
who would be better in a playoffs series you just have to say tampa and you'd leave it at that because you haven't seen it or have no evidence from florida or toronto would you say tampa's the team to beat in the east for sure um sure it's gotta be them or carolina yeah it's another team where with carolina you're like sure i think so like i think you're good i don't really know um again they've had they've had more playoff success than the leafs or the panthers but i kind of lumped them into that same sort of category which is with that core group of players, I, I got to see something to really believe. So yeah, Tampa, Tampa should, I guess, should be the pick. But I mean, I think you, the statistics on three-peating are really long. Mm-hmm. And we've never had uh, a consecutive amount of seasons, whether it was the bubble to the shortened 2021 season to this, with this many seasons that compacted. And so for them to go through all three and win all three would blow my mind. But I guess if you're just evaluating it from the outside, yeah, it has to be Tampa, I think. It makes sense. Who would you say would be the team to beat in the West? Uh, I've predicted Colorado to win the Cup about three years in a row. So <laughs> Same I, everyone I, else. Yeah, I, I got to stay there, right? I mean, I don't want to be wrong now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we do the guy that, you know, you bet, you bet on them and then you finally, you, know, you, you bet your... Uh, you bet your lottery numbers every single week. And then the one week you don't, that's when you could have won the million. So uh, for me, it should be Colorado. I, I think there's nothing on that team that suggests they cannot win. And then I just read some wild rumors that they might be in the market for Marc-Andre Fleury. I don't know how they make that oh, work. God. But then, I mean, again, a lot of rumors oh. are flying around this year, but at this time of year, but if they were to get Fleury, I'm like, okay, you can just we, we can hand them the cup. Yeah, yeah, we can stop. Having yeah. having a backup goalie is with Flurry would just be, even if he is a backup, I mean, he could just be one A one B with uh, Kemper there. Well, Flurry's shown you that he can get hot enough. I mean, over the course of his career, that he can easily walk into a team and take them to a cup. So, I, yeah, Colorado will be my pick until either all the players on the team are gone or they actually win. So that's what I'm sticking with. Yeah. So by that logic, I'm changing my pick that the Leafs are not winning a series this year and just oh, by oh. the reverse psychology hopefully they will <laughs> it's like i'm gonna not take the leafs to win a series this year and hopefully i'm wrong well every leafs fan's doing some sort of voodoo oh yeah at this point they're you know yeah burning my, incense my shrine is right yeah. out of field of the camera yeah oh that, that's your uh <laughs> your your steve dangle leafs uh my blue room yeah black room yeah yeah room. it's just lacking the blue and anything special about it <laughs> Um, so I think it was either today or yesterday NHL.com released their updated, uh, super 16. So then, you know, their playoff team, so mm-hmm. to speak rankings, and they have the least jumping up there to number five. So I kind of found this surprising. I mean, from an outside perspective, the record is there that, like you said, you know, the talent, mm-hmm. the roster and something we spoke about yesterday is that the Leafs had a bad month, but went eight, two and one in the month of January. I know. So, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. leave it to Lee fans to nitpick and, you know, not be happy with an eight, two and one record in a, in a month, but should they be in that top five of the, of the super 16? I mean, you go Colorado, Carolina, Florida, Tampa, Toronto, and then mm-hmm. just kind of missing out on that top five. You have the Rangers, wild penguins and blues. Okay. Well, it's kind of, you'd have to disprove why they're not there. So if you're looking at the teams right underneath them, who would you say should be in that spot instead if it's not the Leafs? 
Right. But I'm asking you, what do you think? Like, what, what team would, would, would take that spot if it's not them? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it's not. It's, you know, being the Lee fan and how much we love to overanalyze and mm. can't hold a lead, you know, can only win when they come back from leads. And yet this record is still somehow a winning record. I mean, obviously they're a great team. You can't argue that. And I don't know that there is a team to make it there. And I think also part of that, I think uh, some of the guys on the TSN broadcast the other night were talking about is that, you know, as Lee fans, we have that hyper awareness to the Leafs where we are so easy to see their flaws, but we don't notice it in other teams. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So I don't know. I don't know if the Rangers are there just because I haven't seen the regular season continued success, kind of like what you're saying with yeah. some teams in the playoffs, but I think they're close. I mean, you've got the talent Fox, Shesterkin. I mean, looking at that roster, like that's a team for, for the next bunch of years that you're going to be like, yikes, don't want to play them. Well, the interesting thing about the Rangers <laughs> is they've basically busted on their top picks. So you're, you're saying this team is good. And Alexi Lafreniere has been, uh, yeah. Capo Caco, blah. So they've actually turned <laughs> quite well considering, yeah. um, you know, everybody anointed them as the next team when they got Lafreniere uh, and when, when they didn't deserve to have the number one pick and they ended up getting it. Um, and he's really not been very good. Um, but yeah, again, you, you're waiting to see it from a team that hasn't showed you recently if there's any team in there that i think could pass the least would be the blues um there's still enough of a core of that team that understands you know when they won the cup um it's a really deep team too it's i mean very it doesn't get covered a lot here because you got guys like i mean it's st louis it doesn't really track yeah um they play in a division that has only one canadian team in it um so <laughs> it doesn't really they don't get a lot of airtime, but it's you know you got Barbashev and Kairu and um, a bunch of those other guys in that in that Bushnevich. lineup. Which are, yeah, Butchnevich again, like Butchnevich is good. Yeah, yeah. Leafs yeah, legend Tyler Bozak. <laughs> yeah, who's proven very useful, right? Yeah, when you don't ask him to be a first line center. Um, <laughs> Back to the dark ages. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so I, I think they could 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 pass them just because they have the experience. Um, but I have no problem with the Leafs being in that area like again it's it's a very it's hard to call a fan base spoiled when they haven't won anything but it's you get very used to how things go in a regular season very quickly and um you get used to losing quickly and you get used to winning quickly and you know we're three or four years into this now where the Leafs have been a upper echelon team and you know you're nitpicking you know, a couple of weeks of their season as to why things don't work out. Um, but as far as like, there, there's really nobody in the NHL with more talent. There just isn't. Um, yeah. You can make a whole bunch of arguments as to why it won't work out, but there, there is no better roster than the Leafs. Maybe Colorado, maybe Tampa, but they're right there. Totally. Big Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phenomenal player. <laughs> Ryan, you got to keep going with the, uh, yeah, you take one more way, and then we'll, we have uh, some some fun uh, segments for you to uh, sure. cap us off here. All right, uh, one more thing with the Leafs. Uh, what what do you think should be the Leafs' biggest focus in the second half of the season coming off the All Star break? Biggest focus should be the trade deadline. Um, okay, adding depth, especially on the back end. I, I think if you look at the Leafs as far as a liability. And the thing that could make it all unravel again is Jake Muzzin. 
And I don't mean yes. that. That's not a disparaging comment. That's a compliment to him. Um, they have nobody else that does what he does. Um, you know, Sandine, Lilligren, Dermot, they're all very nice players. They're good. Like there's nothing wrong with them, but they don't do what Muzzin does. And it's that like no nonsense, defensive defenseman. The Leafs just don't have another one. Um, and you, you just saw it, you know, we were talking about lo- the team losing leads and what was sort of the common denominator in that stretch, which was no Muzzin. Yeah. So he's been out with the concussion. Um, so I, I think that's their biggest, their, their biggest need to focus on in the second half, because you know, they're going to win. Like if, if, if they went basically 500 from here for the rest of the season, they're a playoff team. You're not, it's not really in a question. I mean, even yeah. if they lost five games in a row, I'm still going, <laughs> yeah, the Leafs are a, are a, are a cakewalk playoff team. I'm sure they'll lock it down with yeah, yeah. weeks to go. So there's in far as far as on ice performance goes, I don't see anything that they need to necessarily address, but it's, you need to have the horses if you're going to push beyond where you have. And of course they've lost Muzzin in playoffs recent. Lost two. Exactly. Right. It's. Was he stretchered off in both of the last two playoffs? Exactly. Right. And when you, when you have only one player who can do that job, when you lose them, things get tough. Yeah, sure. You talk about Austin Matthews being integral to the team, and he is. I'd say Jake Muzzin is just as integral as him, and they need to find someone who can do what he does or come close to it uh, at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't be uh, you know anything new to Leaf fans calling for uh, some more defensemen, but kind of also alludes to some stuff we got coming up here. All right. uh, so this first little fun one, just some second half thoughts. So I have some questions uh, for each of you just about second half of the league. So I'm just looking for a one word, one team, one player answer. So we'll go Jesse, Paul, then Zach. Uh, so who is the biggest contender? The biggest contender outside of the Leafs? Including the Leafs, just in the, in the NHL. So, you know, you know, who's, I guess kind of encompassing like Stanley cup pick, but who, who is the contender in your opinion? Colorado. Emphatically. That's more than one word. Emphatically. <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> Two words. Uh, Tampa. Colorado. All right. Uh, biggest pretender. Florida. Florida. And people won't agree with that, but I think it's Florida. I was going to say Florida. Say Rangers. I like it. That's some shots. Like that some one. shots yeah. at Joe Thornton. That's what as I'm. As long as you don't say the least. <laughs> uh, biggest sleeper. Biggest sleeper. Vegas. Just because of Eichel. I mean, there are. I mean, maybe you can't call Vegas a sleeper because they're already great, but they're they'll be better with Eichel. So just put it that way. So <laughs> team that will improve from here, Vegas. I'm gonna say Anaheim. Pittsburgh. Mm. I like it. It's funny to, you know, calling these teams sleepers with such stars. <laughs> yeah, uh, you kind of have to make a little sleeper. bit of a leap, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Like, ah. yeah, I said Anaheim. I think I think I would That's go Minnesota. Yeah. Sure. Mm. Uh, comeback kids. So a team not currently in a playoff spot that you think will make a big push or a big enough push to get them into the playoffs. Edmonton. They'll be there. That's a playoff team. 
Edmonton. I don't like this answer. Boston. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, oh, a, that's a bad that's answer. A very that's good a answer, very actually. good answer, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It hurts me to say it, but... We were all thinking it. I have this weird non-fan-related allegiance to the Jets for some reason, so I think I would go Winnipeg. Yeah, because you love Neil Pionk. That's true, I do. <laughs> love Neil Pionk. The reason for that? I, who knows? I think fantasy hockey, to be honest. Okay. You must have of, like you must have hits in your league or something. Yeah, hits, blocks, shots. <laughs> he does it all to make him valuable. Yeah, I also have Truba, so you know the trade works for me either way. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of the last one there. We've touched on you know who we think the Stanley Cup championship uh, will probably go to. So here's a an interesting one. Call this what to do with. So okay. I have four players here, Leaf players, and I'll give you a couple options as to what you think Dubis and Co should do with this player. So we'll go in the same order. So starting with Mrazic, pretty simple. Trade him or keep him? Keep him. You'll need him at some point. Trade him. For what? Whatever. I'm putting you on the spot. For, okay, <laughs> okay, so you, okay, so let's say you trade him. Then what happens? <laughs> Who, who's your goalie? Who's your backup? I guess Joseph Wolf for now until we can find someone who's more consistent. And you're comfortable going into the playoffs with Campbell and Wool? I'm not. No. But I'm not comfortable with Morazic either. So <laughs> fair enough. All right. It's a lose lose for me. You defended your position. I like that. Yeah. Zach? I want to say keep. You just don't want to be put on the spot. No, I, I just think we haven't seen enough of him consistently to be able to judge. Like, yeah, he hasn't brought exactly what he should have this season. And he's had injury trouble and all this kind of stuff. And he's only had like maybe one or two games where he's played, I think, like really good hockey. So I'd want to see over the next half, if he stays healthy, he actually splits games with Campbell instead of playing backup role. Maybe at the trade deadline, I'll have a different answer. But gotta yeah, I think his, his best game was when he came in relief for Campbell against the Devils. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, very yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, player number two, Nick Ritchie. Your <laughs> options here are play him more, keep him scratched, or trade him. No, no, shoot him into the sun. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you can't put him on waivers. You already tried that. Nobody wants him. So... What do you do? Uh, taxi squad? Is that can that can that be an answer? Is yeah, I guess Island an answer. You you go to the taxi squad for the rest of the because <laughs> no one wants you on waivers and well, I, we can't trade you, not for anything. So, Robot Island. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good one. That's my answer. <laughs> Robot Island. Uh, I'm gonna be controversial again. I'm gonna say play him. Ooh. I think you you keep him off the team for a long time. Play him for a few games. See if he has the fire. Doesn't have the fire. Taxi squad. The motivation. Sure. I like it. All right. Uh, same options for the next player here. Justin Hall, play him, scratch him, trade him. Play him. Play him until such time as you have better options. At this point, you don't have better options. Um, same answer. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Uh, someone who's been, you know, speculated to not be on the lease next season for what, three years now. And, Alex Kerfoot, do you trade him at the deadline or use him as your own rental? Definitely don't trade him. Uh, I, I don't see why you would go. A winning team, winning teams just don't do that. Because um, you're also, you know, guys like to play in places where you win. There's not necessarily anything that suggests that he wouldn't come back at a number that you want. And if he doesn't, then so be it. But I think you, you need him for the playoffs. He's more valuable than anything you'd get back in return. Keep him. Yeah, I say I say keep him, use him as your own rental. 
because if you trade and you bring in a guy like last season, you bring in Nick Foligno, who you think is going to have an impact and then gets injured, doesn't mesh well, doesn't really produce, at least Kerfoot, you know what you have in with your team in that rental. God, Felino was terrible. <laughs> like, oh. real, like real terrible. I was so He only sad. played like four games and and like that's it. Three assists, maybe. Four. He got four assists. I was wow. so convinced he'd be great. Me too. You know, when, when it, I happened, mean, it was I'm like, this is, this is the piece. I'm like, this is the guy. This is the, the dude you need. Yeah. And it was then, the right decision yeah, at the time. Fast. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't think anyone looks at, you know, at the time of the trade and said that was a bad move. I mean, first round pick and a question mark of a draft is whatever. Mm. Seems like a good enough shot, but mm-hmm. as uh, Lee fans are accustomed to, it doesn't always work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're bringing back one last segment here, uh, which we also did for the first time with our uh, one of another guest. This is yay or nay. So similar style. I have uh, six statements here. You agree, yay, or disagree, nay. Okay. Uh, so number one, the Leafs will make it past the first round of the playoffs this season. Why, Ryan? Yay. 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 All right. Wow. Andre Kasha will be a Maple Leaf next season. Hmm. <laughs> yay just because i want it to happen (laughs) it's fine too (laughs) yay all right uh number three the leafs are better off without hyman and anderson nay yay and nay i guess well that's cheating that's not you gave two answers i think yes hyman no okay i see i see Let's say nay. Okay. Now we're moving a little outside of Leafs land. Uh, Jesse, I feel like I know your answer here, but the mm-hmm. Avalanche will win the cup this year. <laughs> yay. Super yay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yay. Nay. All right. Number five, Chris Kreider is a legitimate top goal scorer in the NHL. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Yay. All right. Uh, last one here, number six. When healthy, the Pacioretty Eichel Stone line will be the best line in the NHL. That's a thin line to draw. Nay. That doesn't mean I don't think they're great, but nay. Nay. There's no Aston Matthews. <laughs> <laughs> nay. No evidence. Sure. Yeah. You know, the whole other discussion is who's on the move out of Vegas once. Uh, Eichel comes in, Martinez activated. Who knows? I think they have, there's a bunch of accounting voodoo they can do. Um, as I understand it, they have more options than we think they do. They don't just have to ship somebody out of town. There's apparently other things they can do. So it won't be, they have to do something, but I don't think it's, uh, you know, the idea of shifting out a huge contract. Yeah, I believe it's called the Nikita Kucherov method. Sure. Yeah. That's <laughs> not going up. You got to use whatever uh, That's tricks true. you have at your disposal. That's true. All right, Jesse, uh, before we let you go, okay. uh, for anyone listening who is an aspiring uh, sport journalist, wants to get into broadcast, sport media, anything in the industry, what would your piece of advice be to them? That's a good question. Um, you need to have perseverance. And I said the best ability as my dad always said this to me, the best ability is availability. Um, I built my career 
off of, and I still do this to this day. I mean, I've been in the industry for 15 years and I do like eight different things. Um, I host Sportsnet Central. I cover the Leafs. I'm our breaking news guy on Zoom when things happen. Uh, I still do voiceovers for highlights, features. I'll do highlights behind the scenes. Um, if you make yourself as available as possible and be able to do as many jobs as possible, you'd be surprised how many doors will open. But you kind of have to, you have to put your ego aside. Because for me, like I, I'm completely untalented. Um, there are <laughs> most of my colleagues have vastly more amounts of talent than I do, but I'm still here because um, I've become, I've made myself valuable in, in which is we need Jesse to do this. I know this is a hockey podcast, but it's, uh, oh man, we need somebody to cover uh, Premier League. Sure. I got it. NBA. Uh, yep. Fine. You want me to do second division Italian soccer? Yeah, I got it. <laughs> or I'll figure out how to make you think that I know it. So um, that would be my biggest um, piece of advice, which is um, kind of get over yourself and get, you know, m find a way to carve out your own path because that'll make you the most valuable. As soon as you say that you get over the idea that, you know, you should be Ron McLean, um, you, you'll, you'll do much better in your career. Good Sounds answer. like pretty good advice to me. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, uh, worked. Jesse, thank you again. Totally. Uh, we, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time. As you said, busy guy, you do a lot. So uh, we appreciate you coming on the door. The virtual door is always open. You know, you can always knock on sure. Zoom. We're here for you. Uh, and uh, what something we like to do each week when we record is we do a, a prediction for the week ahead. So just kind of looking at the Leafs schedule for the next week. So I don't know if I'm going to give you an easy one here because they only have one game technically between now and uh, I was going to say my prediction is they're not going to play. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. I'll give you uh, from the week of Sunday, the sixth to the following Sunday, three games against uh, a home game against Carolina an away game against Calgary and an away game against Vancouver record prediction. Two Oh and one, two wins and either an overtime or shootout loss. All right, boys, I'll give it Five to you as well. Five points out of six. Uh, two, one, and no. Mm. I'm going to say one, one, and one. I'll use very, the... Uh, it's very on the fence. I like I'll it. use the Paul logic and say three, no, because that's what I want. Let's go. Sure. All right, Jesse, thank you again. Thank you to everyone who uh, listened this far into the episode and uh, comes back week after week. It has been the original six podcast. Jesse, you don't have to join us on this last thing, but boys, favorite three words? Go, Leafs, go. Go Leafs, go. I like it. That's three words. That's two. three words. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> and we'll see you next week, everyone. Have a good one.